Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is a more than just podcast production. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 373 of the More Than Just Code podcast. My name is Tim Mitra. I am in Toronto, Ontario, and I'm joined once again by Mark Rubin down in San Jose, California. Hello. And we also have Jaime Lopez Jr. on the line in Seattle, Washington. How's it going? Going good. Um, let's. Well, so as usual, we'll start with fact check. And uh, last time we were talking a while ago was that we were talking about uh, the double tap feature on the uh, Ultra, I guess it was, right? Um and uh, we, I, I, I had sought, caught in the video that the man had mentioned that it uses uh, minute wrist motions, and you guys both harped up that said that it uses accelerator and gyroscope, which is correct. It does use the accelerated gyroscope and optical heart sensor, uh, detect, detecting minor, minute wrist moments and uh, movement. And um, I'm still using it. I still, I still be using the, um, the, not that one, but I'm using the the haptic um, touch. Mm. which is fine. And speaking of which, I got to charge my watch because it's down to 18%. Yeah. I used to have to touch all the time to, to save me having to, you know, reach in. I, I'm not really wearing gloves. I'm just starting wearing gloves now, but I'm sure in the winter time it'll come in super handy. And when haptic touch doesn't work, I use my nose. So for those of you driving at home. All right. Gloves. Oh yeah. You live in a cold place. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. You don't, you don't have to take your gloves off and your scarf off and your mask off when you're, in California, Mark? When I go skiing, I do. <laughs> Where do you go skiing in California? Lake Tahoe. Tahoe? Oh, okay, cool. Nice. All right. Um, so this is, it's a kind of an old story, but I thought it was kind of interesting because it's, it's kind of, as Greg used to say on our show, everything eventually becomes follow-up. Um, I'm still fascinated with the original Apple Watch made of, of gold, right? The $17,000 gold model. Um, well, I'm... I, as of like uh, October third, uh, it is no longer available to be repaired, so it's now officially obsolete. So, yeah, and also the 2017 MacBook Pro Touch Bar is also now officially obsolete. Apple, Apple will not repair those anymore. So I wonder if there's yeah, Mark, a third, still have... I wonder if there's a third party service that will replace the guts with something more modern. <laughs> In the seventeen thousand yeah. dollar gold watch, exactly. Yeah. Well, yeah, I don't I mean, know. Why would you want to you know, throw? You don't want to throw away your seventeen thousand dollar gold watch. Why would you throw away seventeen thousand dollars on a gold watch? Well, that's, a, okay, that's a different story. Ask. But you know, but assuming <laughs> that you had already bought it, what are you going to do with it now? You can still wear it around, I suppose. Yeah, I don't know. I, 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 I no offense to people who have lots of money, or maybe um, I think that people who buy a seventeen thousand gold dollar gold watch probably wear it once and then forget it and put it in a drawer and pick up their, you know, 
$50,000 whatever watch and put it on, right? Could be, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It, 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 seemed, it just seemed really odd. It, it would be shocked if anybody was still actually using the stock version of this because yeah. that's the original Apple Watch implementation was really painful, and I can't recall hmm. how much you could upgrade software-wise, but they made some radical improvements really rapidly in this line, so... If you were somehow still rocking a $17,000 gold watch, I'm going to guess it was just a fashion item as a bangle, and you may not even have charged it and turned it on. Right? I, seem to, yeah. I seem to recall, I think, uh, I want to say, like, uh, Watch OS 4 was the last ver- Like, I had the OG watch. I never had the gold one, but I had the OG watch. Um, and I recall, I think around four, it was getting to be to the point where I couldn't upgrade it anymore. And that's, I think that's about the time when I bought the, the next watch. Right. Um, and I, I wonder if the battery would even last. Cause I mean, I don't know if you remember that I, as far as I know, all of the watches are the battery and everything, the logic board is all sealed. Right. And so it's not like you can even replace it. So it's an interesting, interesting business model for people, Mark, to, to, uh, Replace the guts of a $17,000 gold watch. Replace it with just a regular, everyday, non-smart watch, <laughs> right? For <Just> <laughs> the winder with, on yeah, it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> with Mickey Mouse hands exactly. on it. Exactly, yeah. yeah. That'd be cool. It's like, uh, I don't know if you, were you, when you were a kid, I don't know how old you would have to have been, Mark, but I had, remember the red, it was like a red, uh, ruby red dial and it had like the LED lights. It was like, I think it was like 75 or something. Yeah, but uh, well, the one the one I had wasn't a dial; it was just the red LEDs. The, those are the first digital yeah, little, watches. Little tiny light bulbs, the digital, right? First yeah. digital watches. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. if you remember, it didn't it didn't support leap years. Oh, I don't remember that. Yeah, because I think it came out in seventy five, and of course we have to fact check this. But and instead, obviously in seventy six, it didn't do February twenty ninth. That was the problem hmm. with it, right? So I had one of those back in the day. I wish I'd kept it, but I don't. I can probably just toss it or whatever. I can't remember what I did with it. Hmm. And Jaime, you had this story on um, more than just code. Do you want to run through it again? It hadn't happened at that point. Now here it actually has because I'm taking a look at my subscription. So Apple TV Plus and a whole bunch of other services. If you haven't noticed by now, they're more expensive. And there's there's new tiers, uh, new tiered prices for uh, Apple One. So I ended up switching to Apple One. It is now $19.95 per month U.S., Whereas the individual services would be, what did I add up to? Twenty nine. So Apple Music at eleven bucks, Apple TV Plus at ten bucks, uh, Apple Arcade at seven bucks, and then a dollar for the fifty gigs of iCloud storage. So, so you're saying you switched to those because the one program was cheaper than buying them separately? Yeah, in my head, I said, well, if I get Apple, I already had Apple Music. I've been watching Apple TV Plus, so that's eleven plus ten. That's twenty one dollars. Uh, iCloud, you know, that's another buck. So 22 bucks, um, I'm already saving money there. And then Apple Arcade at $7 is essentially just a, a pack-in for free. Right. So you're earning money well, every month like... on this. I, <laughs> that, that bank account keeps growing yeah. with all these savings. Mm. Well, for those of you driving at home, I'm on the Premier Apple One, and it's forty-four ninety-five Canadian. I don't know if that feels like an increase, but I don't recall what I was paying before. So, so when did you think that, that, when did it say when the date, the date was going to change? Do you know? Uh, it just changed within the last week or so, I think. Uh, and plan wise, you have the premiere. So individual yeah. at 1995 a month, uh, family at 2595 and it looks like premiere is 3795. Is that match? Yeah, that matches what the article says. I'm looking at my phone to see what these are in the actual subscriptions. I look at notice from Apple about my, Last renewal. I'll carry on. I'll, I'll look at it later. But yeah, I have a feeling that's an increase too. But yeah, like I think it was going up like four or five dollars for the premier. According to this article, the individual went up about three dollars. Family went up three dollars. Uh, premier went up five. Five. Yeah. 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 Sorry, I call from Spotcast. Mm-hmm. Cool. What do you get with Premier? Right. Do you get Arcade and all that with Premier? You must. Yeah, yeah. Which I never use. Yeah. I never use. I use new. I use news. In the winter time, I use fitness. Oh, yeah, news. Okay. Have a yeah. Treadmill mm-hmm. news, and then music. Uh, I I do it for. I do it for the the two terabytes of iCloud. Hmm. That's prim- the primary because Carol and I share. Like we, long story short, we we have the whole Apple ID thing, so we have shared resources, and yeah, it just makes more sense with the two phones, and we have like thousands and thousands of twenty, thirty thousand, forty thousand pictures. 
it adds up and it takes up less space on her phone like i mean if i had to if i had all those pictures on my phone at the same time that the memory usage would go up too so which means saves because so I pay in iCloud, but I save in having to get what a hundred dollars, two hundred dollars to get the next model up of phone. That doesn't make sense to me now. That I think about it. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, I have free backup in the sky, or not free, but I've paid backup in the sky. And what about Apple Arcade, honey? Yeah, you know, I just mentioned that it, psychologically, I felt like, well, I'm getting Apple Arcade for free now. Um, yeah, <laughs> since I didn't buy with all the uh, money you're saving. Yeah. yeah, I didn't subscribe to Apple One specifically to get Apple Arcade. Um, uh, for me, it was like, well, I save a few bucks off of having already music, TV Plus, and iCloud. Um, but Apple Arcade is getting some some newer games, so it continues to get things. Uh, I think the headliner here has got, got here in the article is definitely the Sonic Dream Team one, but uh, they've got puzzle games like Not Words. Uh, football manager 2024 that is the soccer style of football for those of us in the u.s mm. uh, a game we've talked about before in the past not well but uh, down well excuse me um and one that i think i gave up on way long ago because it was uh, a freemium grinder of a uh, puzzle and dragon story one of those uh you know, fancy pants yeah you know, match games you, you you match colors for things you match gems and then you know it had a whole sort of a loot box mechanism like oh i've got a dragon that's like three times more powerful because it's like a one in 100 chance of pulling this i never finished that because i ended up hitting the the freemium wall of like i refuse to play 40 hours to get to the next level <laughs> you know right, right. <laughs> i don't want to pay a dollar ten dollars or whatever it was to get to the next one so uh, i might actually turn this on and and uh, and try it out and and get past whatever wherever I was in the story back in like 2015, 2017, I would guess. So what's the name of the app? Again? This game is Puzzle and Dragon's Story. It's very much like a Candy Crush or Columns, okay. uh, that sort of match game. Sort and you get it. It's now included with Apple Arcade is what you're saying. Yeah, and which means they had to have done something sensible to remove the the freemium wall of like, oh, you you get really far and then oh each one gets progressively, you know, asymptotically more difficult to get to the next level. Yeah, I wonder what the advantage to the publishers is of putting their stuff on arcade. I don't know I don't understand the economics of it. Like maybe did they get like a royalty for people using the app, I guess? Maybe Ooh, I forgot how they, they did that. Um I'm sure I'm sure yeah, we they, talked they about must this be, on right? the show. It, it, it's probably similar to the Apple, Apple Music model, where every time somebody uses it, you get some kind of cut. And it, it's probably based on length of time that you play the game, I would think. It would have to be, right? If it were, yeah, if it were based on number of plays rather than length of time, games would be really, really hard. <laughs> and you'd lose a lot. Yeah, they'd become quarter munchers if, uh, yeah, if folks are exactly. arcades, yeah. yep. arcades. Yeah. Yep. I actually forgot that I have arcade. I have the individual Apple One, but I for completely forgot mm. that I had arcade. And to be honest, I'd rather, I'd much rather have news than arcade bundled in. But that's not an option. You don't have oh, because you don't have the right tier. I don't have. I think career, he's right? saying is, he's not going to. I think he's saying he he personally oh. doesn't make use of Apple Arcade, and he would yeah. love to be able to swap it. Of like, well, instead of arcade, going to get news instead. That's exactly what I was saying. Yep. And then there's a whole bunch of people who are like, I don't want news, I want arcade, and and so flexibility and you know bring your own, uh, build your own tier sort of thing. Yeah, you should be able to pick three. That would be kind of nice. Yeah. Do Do you all have Denny's in uh, California? Uh, not California in uh, Canada. Uh, yeah. I think we have maybe one or two. Yeah. 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 So for those who don't know, Denny's, uh, American diner, you know, predominantly known for its breakfast. So they have this thing called the Grand Slam, and they have a sort of pre-made set of grand slams of like oh this one has you know waffles with it this one has every possible meat item but you can also build your own slam and i think what mark wants and i think i would probably want too is like a build your own uh, apple one tier mm -hmm. cool all right well just when you thought you were done working in ui kit um apple or has introduced a new feature here in the user user loaf uh post uh They've added view is appearing just when you've gotten used to all the view um, hierarchy stuff. And what it is, is between, um, I think it's view did load, or sorry, view will appear and view did appear. 
uh, this one is is a place where you can do more things to your app. I don't know if you guys had a chance to review this, but this article. Yeah, you know, um, I I would have killed for this ten years ago. Yeah, <laughs> literally. Yeah. I mean, well, not literally <laughs> killed, but but yeah, this would have made my life so much easier. We used to go through so many, jump through so many hoops uh, to try to size things, and and then there was the one time when they when they changed how all the sizing worked. It used to. It used to size things used to be in the earliest days, things would be sized when the view was loaded. So you could size things in view to load. Then they mm-hmm. changed that. So all of a sudden nothing was sized in view to load. I mean, literally, you know, you you upload you upgraded your Xcode one day and everything stopped working. <laughs> uh and yeah. and and that that was related to when they um who remembers this? When when the when an interface builder, the templates stopped being phone shaped and just became squares yeah, square yeah yeah that's exactly yeah. what happened. Size squares yeah. yeah yep that's exactly what it happened they've reverted that too now i just noticed i opened up an old view a while ago and it, it changed from a square to like a regular shape right oh did it um, yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, it's so long since i've used interface builder now i don't know yeah so this is cool because um uh it, not only like it's an iOS 17 thing, but it actually is backported to iOS 13. So you don't, if you want to use it, you don't have to, um, like I said, if you're still doing UI kit, you just, you don't have to, uh, wait for users to adopt 17. You can, you can still use it. Most, I think a lot of people are using, most of the phones support iOS 13 these days, right? The shipping phones. Not, I mean, not the newer ones, obviously, but like the older ones that people are still sporting, you know? Oh, I can't imagine that any phones that are still, officially supported wouldn't, usable. wouldn't support iOS. Oh, you're saying, you mean, has, has iOS... Well, like, I have an been... iPhone 6 in front of me. I have an iPhone 6 in front of me that can't go past 12, right? Yeah. Right, 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 right. Yeah, but, I've, man, iPhone 6 is ancient history at this point. I know. <laughs> like, when we started the podcast. Um, yeah, cool. Anyway, yeah, Tim, it's just, I, interesting. I did not even notice that particular statement. I read the article, um, but somehow I missed the uh, this new method, the view is appearing... Yeah. is back deployable to iOS 13. Um, yeah. I think we've talked for a long time on this show. That, like, it's normally like, hey, this new thing is Swift. Guess what? It's not available in the previous version of mm-hmm. iOS. You just use the new one. And I think they open that up a little bit. I think there's a few things that are uh, making their way into, you know, version current version minus one. But going all the way back from 17 to 13 yeah, is bananas. Yeah. Like, people <laughs> should... I mean, I shouldn't, that should be the headline here, <laughs> right? Yeah. Apple does this thing that's back deployable iOS 13. What the heck is it? Oh, view is appearing. That should arguably be the title. I've, have we seen anything that goes this far back from a developer-facing uh, quality of life thing? That Certainly was, we've seen patches go back a, a little bit, you know, for security, but not. That was pre-pandemic. Believe yeah, I was going to say, I, yeah, I was wow. at 2020, Combine came out in 2019 because I was at WWC for that one, the same year that Swift UI came out. And I remember iOS 14 would have been... That Tim, when, when Swift UI came out. Oh, no, that's when Swift came out. Sorry. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. And I was there for that too, by the way. Yeah, so was I. But yeah, no, no, in 2019, when, but but I remember specifically that tw- iOS 14 was the, the OS that was going to be shipping and Combine supports iOS 13. So that was like, and so then I wonder if there's something weird, something significant about iOS 13 that they could go back that far in this case, right? Maybe some architecture or something that they used. When when was know. the uh, 64-bit changeover? Was that the is that the limiting Ooh. factor for how possibly how far back it could go? I don't know. I don't know. iOS 64-bit. We'll ask Mr. Google. Not asking ChatGPT. Uh, updating your app from 32-bit to 64-bit says in iOS 11 and later, all oh, apps okay. use the 64-bit architecture. Okay, so it's even mm-hmm. longer longer than that. Okay. Yeah. yeah, somebody was telling me about something the other day that, that only runs on... Oh, is it? Oh, um, yeah, it's, it's, actually today it was a different, different thing. It was something that only runs on... Thir- oh, Fontographer only runs on 32-bit, but it's still available. <laughs> so, but it won't run on the 64-bit Mac. Um, cool. All right, well... Um, the other thing that I posted in here that was going to be uh, brought up was that uh, I think we're at, are we at Swift 5.9 already? I think so, right? I barely remember what iOS version we're on <laughs> these days. <laughs> yeah, well, it's 17, 17, 17, 17. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's yeah, challenging. It's a side note here that, like, um, since Swift has been decoupled from the Apple events themselves, I honestly 
lose a little bit of like, wait, so what's in preview yeah. in the open source world? You mm-hmm. know, t- try your tool chain preview versus what is actually shipping. So I'm, I'm like Mark. I'm like, yeah, that's a good question. What what is available? What is the current latest and greatest? Well, you know, you know why it's kind of. First of all, this weekend we we changed the clocks back, so daylight savings time is the first confusion. No, that's not the real confusion. I've been working in Vision OS for the last month, right? So I'm still in beta. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. e- even though 17 is now now shipping, right? So 5.9 is shipping, but um this is new debugging improvements in Swift 5.9. Um like apparently faster variables with P and PO. I do a lot of PO. I don't know. I don't often use P uh, when I'm when I'm debugging on the LLDB debugger. Mark, maybe you can help me out on that one. Um he is more general, but you get more you get more information back from from the debugger when you because of these improvements. So you get instead of sort of cryptic, you know, memory addresses and stuff like that, you get like a, a proper like or and maybe inst- like in this example they're talking about, you get you would normally get back an int. Now you're getting back that it's my app delegate that's throwing this thing out and so on and so forth. So if you guys had a chance to scan this scan this article, yeah, I was going to say I haven't really noticed this, but but I'm actually still using. Xcode 14 for the most of the time for work stuff. So that's why I haven't noticed it. But yeah, this would be good. I mean, you know, uh, debugging LLGB for Swift, is, as everybody knows, has been problematic for as long as it's been Swift. So anything they can do to, to fix it and improve it is greatly appreciated. What's the difference in P? I've used PO all the time to basically get the pointer object, right? What, what's P do? Oh, uh, what's the difference? Um, P is more general. So PO is, is actually print object, right? Print so it object, only works yeah. with objects. And if you want to do more general things, um, you'd use P. But I, I don't actually even know if that's still true because the, the lines have been blurred and things have changed so much. Yeah. I mean, this one is also kind of a nice quality of life one where reading the implementation, the P and PO command alias is redefined to the new... DWIM or DWIM print command, which means uh, it is an acronym for do what I mean. <laughs> you know what I want here. I probably yeah. don't want the address. Yeah. yeah. Probably want to see what is this object? Oh, did I make a mistake? And it's actually an integer. Show the integer. It's mm. a human readable, understandable format. Um, right. Using yeah. the tooling that is available to the, the whole machinery, especially in a strongly typed language like Swift. Um, it's, it's good. It's, a, it's yeah. quality stuff. Cool. All right. And we assembled here tonight to talk about the Apple event that that happened yesterday. Um, but before we do that, uh, I don't know if you guys saw that the, the well, you, you obviously saw the, the, um, the key, the speech keynote or whatever you want to call it, um, all filmed in, in low light modes and things like that with flyovers and everything like that. So I don't know if you saw this clip here, but Apple posted this yesterday, uh, saying that the scary event, uh, as I'm calling it, scary, scary fast event was also shot on an iPhone 15 using the USB-C port to, you know, uh, transfer the, the image in real time. So it's cool. Like they, they attached it to a top of a, obviously they just, all they did was in this case was they had their, their proper movie rigs and they just replaced the, you know, whatever high tech camera they would have used with a rig holding an iPhone four, iPhone 15 to get all those amazing shots that they did. And, uh, you know, they go on, they go on about, you know, how it's amazing and great video and stuff. But I don't know if you, just an interesting little piece here on, on the making of those shots that we saw yesterday in, in the event. It definitely had a style, right? Uh, it was cool to see behind the scenes. Um, I did see some people online poo-poo and like, well, you know, it's got all this other gear. I was like, yeah, they didn't say the entire thing was produced from an iPhone. They said it was shot on iPhone. Right. Um, right. You know, it, on a Mac. <laughs> like what? They were, they were going to uh, turn on the flashlight or torch, if you prefer that word mm. for your phone, and just have Tim Cook run around like he's at a campfire <laughs> telling scary stories. <laughs> like, <laughs> maybe, let's be serious here. Like, uh, it's not meant to be... Uh, you know, this entire thing was done with like, you know, the $1,100 it costs for the 15 Pro. It's meant to be like, look how powerful this thing is that we can even do this um, uh, sort of fancy pants showing off of what it can do. Mm-hmm. People should take it for that. I mean, um, I thought it looked good. Obviously well lit. That was one of the things behind the scenes that uh, was pretty interesting to me is just seeing the, the light boxes that they had filled in yeah. and all that stuff. 
Yeah, so getting to the event, it was a pretty, pretty interesting, pretty well shot, you know, event. Um, I think one of the one of the funnier criticisms I saw of the event was that probably could have been an email. Right? <laughs> yeah, it was yes. pretty short, a big part of it, and yes. and very uh, incremental, I would say. Yeah, I think. Well, I mean, no surprise. We all, I think, everybody kind of anticipated that. But obviously, since the the logo morphed into a Mac, that we were it was going to be a Mac event of some type, and and uh, as we know the. The laptops, the MacBook Pros, are due for uh, a refresh, or if not, maybe I don't know if this is an annual refresh. Now that we're at that rate, but um, so we got, we got three chips. We got the M3, um, which is kind of the entry level. We got the Pro, and we got the Max. And the Max obviously has more stuff, but no Ultra Max, which somebody pointed out as well. But um, so a bunch of like tech talk kind of stuff, like uh, dynamic caching for the GPU. Um, I didn't catch much more detail than that, but um, I'm not sure what mesh shading was. I forget what that is too. <laughs> but anyway, but I mean, from a from a, they were comparing it to the original M1. They were saying the the performance cores are 30% faster than the M1s. Interesting when you looked at the charts. We've talked about these charts that Apple shows in the past. They're talking performance per watt now. I don't think they actually put a number to. I think it was one of your criticisms, Mark, that they didn't really sort of show what was on the graph on the X and Y chart, mm-hmm. you know, in terms of performance. But they're now calling it performance per watt. Um, faster neural engines. Interesting in, from an architecture point of view, and this is basically how the chips are mapped out, right, Mark? Uh, that the M3 can go to 24 megabytes, the M3 Pro can go to 36 megabytes, gigabytes. and the Mac can go... Sorry, gigabytes, yes, thank you. I was, I was talking about old Macs this morning. Um, and the, the uh, Macs can go to 128 gigabytes of RAM, which is phenomenal, amazing. So, yeah, cool. And then, of course, they introduce a new 14-inch, which is just... Uh, an iteration with this M3. No, nothing changes on the ports and that kind of stuff. I think they increased the nits, if I'm not mistaken, on the screen. Yeah, they went to 20% brighter at 600 nits. Uh, XDR, you know, the Liquid Retina XDR display still. Um, that one, obviously, if you put a Mac in it, can go to uh, 128 gigs. Um, and, that, and has enough horsepower to drive four external high-res monitors. 22 hours of battery life, if you believe that. Um, and they're comparing it to the Intel or Intel Max, eleven percent faster. I don't know why they would even bring that number up. Yeah, that that one was a little bit funny because there hasn't been an Intel. Well, I guess the Mac Pro was still an Intel Mac up until recently. Uh, but okay, I, all right. If they're saying it's eleven times faster than than the latest than the last Intel Mac Pro, that's a pretty cool statistic because the Mac Pro mm-hmm. was the workhorse server machine for a long time. Are they saying Mac Pro? They said, well, they oh, said the the best Intel Mac, right? That, that would oh, be a Mac right. Pro. Okay, that would be the Pro. Yeah. Yeah, I thought this might come up. It's not a Mac Pro, but uh, this very machine that I am using, my personal device, is a 16-inch 2019 MacBook Pro. I believe the might be one of the final. It, it is one of the later Intel cores. It's a 2.6 gigahertz six-core Intel Core i7. And, uh, you know, if you're comparing it to that, I think for me, um, I'm probably going to ride this particular device into the ground where in the ground means when it, you know, destroys itself or I accidentally destroy it or, (laughs) (laughs) or possibility or when, um, whenever Mac OS drops it from support. Mm -hmm. So I've been watching year after year is that. Dividing line has been getting closer and closer. I think they're what up to 2017, 2018 that they dropped off. It's coming very soon. And then maybe you'll be able to trade it for somebody's old $17,000 gold Apple Watch. (laughs) Yeah, I'm looking at the store right now. It looks like the MacBook Pro 13 is gone. Now that you mentioned it, I I thought there was an Intel configuration of the 13 Pro. Well, they retired the the 13 13 Pro a while ago, right? They they moved to the 14 Pro. Pro. They still had the. Uh, I thought they still had the the one with the track part. Track was bar that a pro it. or was that a non pro? Yeah, no, it was a pro. It was a, it was thirteen pro. Oh, sorry, a MacBook. Yeah, no, thirteen. Not pro an Air. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, people were talking about the fact that the entry level MacBook Pro ditches the Touch Bar, uh, hmm. according to the Verge. I remember them saying that. So if you're if you're yeah, okay, there, there wasn't there was an M two. You could get an. Uh, I'm pretty sure of this. I'll have to check the facts now, but I'm pretty sure there was an M two MacBook Pro. With track bar, touch bar, you can still got touch bar. 
Yeah, we'll have trackbars. Maybe I'll throw this in the show notes. Uh, the device replaces the, the talking about the 14 inch MacBook Pro that just got announced mm-hmm. with M3. The device replaces the 13 inch MacBook Pro with an M2 chip that Apple mm-hmm. released last year and offers okay. performances up to 60% faster. Yeah, I'm thinking about getting one of these. It would probably be the 16, I would think, because I haven't bought a new machine for myself since the. For, I have a, still have a, an M1. Um, when I when I did that strategy of I'll get the M1 Mini and wait until they come out with a MacBook, and then I'll get the MacBook, and I never got the MacBook, <laughs> or um, and and basically because I didn't need it because you know I always had good machines from work and everything. So so I just really I just use my home machine for you know email and all that kind of stuff. So I don't really need a high power. Are you machine. fully remote still, or do you go into the office still. occasionally? Yep. Yep. Really? Is there an office nearby you? It's in San Francisco, which is pretty far away. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. If I go during normal work hours, it's it's like an hour and a half door to door, pretty far. Yeah, yeah. So I don't do it very often. I also got in some stats here because uh, I figured folks might be thinking about like who's who's this for. I know I totally understand, like many of you all listening on the show, that. It would be nice to see Apple comparing more with the M2 of like how big of a jump is this? And they, they, they talked a little bit, but mostly about differences from M1 as well as differences from Intel. So I looked at my, uh, I happened this week to be replacing uh, my work laptop. Mm-hmm. Um, so the old MacBook Pro was a 15 inch 2019 MacBook Pro uh, with 500 gigs of storage, which is getting replaced with a. 16-inch 2021 MacBook Pro with Apple M1 Pro and did not get the storage. I think it's a terabyte, if I'm not mistaken. So I think that's kind of more in line with the cycles that Apple is sort of leaning into here, right? It's not throw away last year's M2, now you get M3. Next year, throw away the M3, get the M4. Certainly there's people who do that, but it's really more of these extended laptop replacement cycles that people are, are being sold to, I think. That's, I think that's the audience here. Yeah, and you can you can even see that in well, it, they they actually sort of explicitly called that out that these are built to last forever, right, or something like that. They 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 said something like that when they were talking about the the you know that, that they were made of aluminum and all of that. Um, but but that, you know that wasn't a throwaway line, right? They wouldn't have put that in because nothing is a throwaway line in these things, right? So so that's that was definitely a message they wanted to get across. But you can also see that in the features, right? There's nothing. There's nothing new in terms of features in in any of these things. It's just a better version of what we've had for a while. Yeah, yeah. Which and there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, but but it's not like the they're not going for the you know the iPhone approach where you know look at all the gee whiz new things. You have to have this new phone for sure. Yeah. Well, there is one thing though. The new color, the new space oh, black yeah, color yeah, they introduced. Yeah. Is only available on the Pro model. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. to get the regular M3 or the M3, um, sorry, it's only available on the Max model. I wrote that down wrong. Um, yeah. So wait, yeah, is if that you, true? If you it's only get available on the Max. I didn't catch that. Yeah, if you go to if you go to the site and and check out the the, the picker up Mac. Yeah, I looked at this yesterday and and I was surprised. Oh, sorry, there is a MacBook. Oh, it's MacBook Air 13. I thought it was a Mac iMac. I got excited for a second. I thought maybe it was a 13 inch uh, Pro. Um, yeah, on the 14 inch, if you want the black color, you have to go to the M3 Pro. Oh, sorry, M3 Pro. Right. No, it is Pro. Yeah. Interesting. Okay, so the Max Max is only on the 16. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, the black is available on all of the 16 models. No, sorry, they're all Pros. The 16 is all M, um, M3 Pro, M3 Pro, and M3 Max are the three configs, and then the 14 is. M3, two M3s, and then one M3 Pro. So, yeah, Pro and higher uh, to get the black color. But I can always go to the hardware store and get some trim-clad black paint. and right? <laughs> little aftermarket <laughs> adjustment, yeah. Um, or just, you know, or I just turn the anybody... <laughs> <laughs> That's scary. That's scary, Mac. This color, um, I definitely want to see it in person. Um I think the yeah. closest I'd seen was the the IMAX that we that were also space gray or space black or some similar. I color. think it's like the iPhone seven was black. Remember it had that black color? Yeah, they had the the was it the jet black that yeah. uh, was like that. 
Um, and I'm reminded it's great of, for fingerprints. Yeah. Well, they talked about uh, the anodization process that's supposed to yeah. reduce that. Um, I think. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. The last time I remember seeing a MacBook Pro that, or a Apple laptop that looked like this was a coworker of mine back in like 2006 to 2008. Yeah, they had a, they did have a black Mac at one point. The the Duo was it Intel Duo or something like that. They had a white one and a black one. It was a very sleek device. I was uh, mm-hmm. I was impressed, and I was uh, at the time a uh, a Windows PC guy. So oh, yeah. that's why I can't name what the device was, other than it was definitely an Apple product. I'm not even sure if it was a MacBook. Yeah, no, no, there was there was a um, I don't know if it was the first Intel Duo. But there was a there was a Duo two or something like that um, chip Core two Core two Duo or Core Duo, mm-hmm. and the low end one was white, and the, you had the more expensive model you could get in black. Yeah, yeah. They, one of my customers had it. I was I was envious of that Mac. <laughs> had they started the MacBook uh, moniker? They'd switched away from PowerBook and uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, but it wasn't it wasn't uh, it was. Before they started doing the 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 one where they mill them, you know, like they they kept block of plastic and mill them out. This mm. was before that. Mm-hmm. Okay, like a mold molded plastic. Look pretty cool. Yeah, there actually yeah. there was a time when not all the MacBooks were this metallic color, right? Because right. that that was yeah, a new yeah. thing at one time when they came out with that space gray color, or even before the space gray. Yeah. What were they like before? I don't even remember. Remember, remember that one small Mac that they had? The little wasn't a mini, but it was like a little twelve-inch Mac. That was the sort of the first one they went to color, like color anodizing the color of the aluminum on them. Hmm. What was that thing called? I don't know. It only had one USB port. You remember that one, honey? Here, let's go to the let's go to low-end Mac. They'll know. I think color-wise, when they machined them out of one piece of aluminium, as I recall. They looked yeah. more like actual silver, whereas uh, yeah, what they look like now is more like tungsten in color. It's a much deeper, darker uh, sort of metallic color. Oh, they actually! I'm looking. I'm looking at some pictures. They remember they had the uh, the old ones that looked like a sort of like a clamshell with the colors, yeah, the orange and blue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with the yeah with the iMac. Yeah, with, style like of cream the yeah. yeah, yeah. It so, had a bad nickname. I I um iMac purse or iPurse or something like mm. that. Yeah, I found it here. 13 inch MacBook from looks like 2006. That's about right where you're saying, honey, right? Yeah, 2006. Yeah, 2008. 2008 was when they 2008 was when they started doing the aluminum aluminum unibody. Okay, you can get a vintage Apple oh. Macintosh PowerBook 400, 1400C laptop for 65 bucks on eBay. Oh wait, mm. wait a minute. 65. There's one. There's one for 999, $9.99. <laughs> Which which one vintage is that? Apple Mac PowerBook fourteen hundred series laptop? <laughs> it's it costs wow. nine dollars ninety nine cents plus fourteen dollars shipping. <laughs> wow. that's I have I have um four of those G three um PowerBooks mm-hmm. and I have I still have my um titanium one the 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 one inch one inch thin as Job said. Anyway, so yeah, fifteen ninety nine will get you is the entry point for the fourteen inch, and twenty four ninety nine is the entry point for the sixteen inch, and that's twenty four ninety nine US dollars USD. Wow, there's a and there's also, a PowerBook one seventy on eBay running system seven point five point five. Or take a guess how much it costs. 
I don't know. Power book you're looking for? Power book 170. Really old one. Yeah, no, I had, uh, I think I had a 140. That's the very first one, right? First power book? Maybe. Anyway, somebody's asking 12,000 bucks for this thing. What's the deal with it? I don't know. Does it have the box and the manuals and everything like that? That's crazy. And then right underneath it, there's somebody's got a 145, which is, I guess, even older for 200 bucks. Somebody's got the box only for one for um, it's one sixty six Canadian, so one fifty, I guess. Okay, here's a PowerBook Duo two thirty. That's the one you were talking about, right? Oh, you know the why that seventeen thousand dollar one, Mark? It's because it's the multicolored one. It is multicolored. The, yeah, the plastic. Yeah, yeah, the plastic. That was a rare. That was a rare one mm. that they did. That is a rare one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's got kind of a the yellow hinge, right? and it's got a, like a red bumper. So the one seventy. So there was. There was the 100, the 140, and the 170. They were the first three power books back in 93, mm-hmm. I think. Because I had the 140. And then I had the, I don't know if you remember, the first color screen one. The screen was so small that the plastic bezel came in on the sides. The 180. It's called the 180C. I had that one. For oh, wow. It says it only, like, only like 500 of these units were produced and put into mass production in the early to mid-1990s. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, a bit too much. Yeah. The, other, the trick is the batteries. The, the batteries in these things are probably no good. They're, they're, I think they're um, nickel cadmium back in the day. Mm. Anyway, carrying on with the event, we also got the 24-inch Mac with iMac with um, M3, mm-hmm. right? Uh, 2.5% faster than an M1 iMac and four times faster than a 20-inch iMac. I didn't know they had, I guess they don't have a Technically, it's I haven't seen one of twenty five hundred percent, right? You said two point five percent. Is it twenty five percent? Yeah, wait a minute. Two point five times. They said two point five times faster. Right, but you said two point five percent faster. Oh, okay. Two point five times yeah. faster. Yeah, which is two hundred fifty percent. I see what you're yeah. saying. Is that two hundred fifty percent? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Okay. Right. It's math. It's math. Uh, Twelve ninety nine for this puppy. They didn't have a black one though. Like, what is up with that? It's going to be for the Pro version. Yeah. They don't have an iMac There Pro hasn't anymore. been an <laughs> Well, yeah. It's been a while, right? Yeah. I guess it's yeah. going to happen next yeah. year. We're going to be like, oh, look, it's in space black <laughs> to go along with my MacBook Pro. Um, the color is there, right? Uh, green, yellow, orange, purple, blue, silver, and pink. In the in this year of Barbenheimer, I'm going to guess that, uh, that the pink. Well, you know, they call that red, but you're right. The front is actually pink, right? Carol, Carol, really like red. Anything red, Carol, like the red phones, the red. You know, we have a red Kodak DSLR and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, this this Mac is too pink for her. The front, I mean, the front bezel, right? The back is the back's a nice a nice red color, but the front, I don't know. They all they're all pastelly. Right? Not for me. Not for me. Yeah, they could go a little deeper on the on the purple. That's for sure. That's a, a mm-hmm. long standing complaint that I've had. Mm-hmm. So. Going around the table, uh, Mark, you sound like you might be in the market for one of these guys. I may be. Yeah, I may be. I would probably get the 16-inch Pro, is my guess. I mean? I'm not in the market because I will I'll be riding this this Intel one un, until it uh, sees the end of macOS or or poops out, whichever comes first. Um, so the, you mean the one you own currently? Yeah, yeah. So I don't have okay. a choice for, for work, so for my personal device... Um, but if I was in the, in the market, I'd have a really tough time deciding because the, normally I would go with the 16, um, but I feel like they've trimmed enough away, uh, from the physical size of the 14s mm-hmm. where it's mm-hmm. darn near all screen that, um, between that and the 16, I'm like, man, it's all basically all screen now. Mm-hmm. How much savings am I really getting in terms of uh, weight and uh, portability? I might just consider the. Well, do you know from a footprint point, footprint point of view, the fourteen is not that much bigger than a thirteen, like because because like they've slightly expanded it, but because you said that, like they say, you said the bezel's gone out further. There's mm-hmm. there's no longer a quarter inch all the way around. Um, they're actually the actual unit itself is smaller than than you would think, right? Yeah, um, and likewise, the 16 will be smaller than I would think, too. So I, I might have to see these in person. Yeah, so, so the question is, do you need the extra performance of the 16 versus the 14? I don't think I need yeah. the... I don't think I need the perf, like, mm-hmm. 
today, yeah. but from a, well, they would let me ride that one <laughs> until they're, they're not even using M chips anymore. Mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a T chip now. It's X chip, you know, something like that. Um, maybe. Uh, I do definitely advise for folks to, you know, get the terabyte SSD, you know, at the very yeah. least. Um, you're yeah. you're going to be hurting yourself uh, if, if you get less space, even with fancy cloud and stuff. And I also think, you know, maxing out what you can um, on your on your RAM is going to be a real nice... Yeah, you should... RAM for sure. You know, RAM yeah. for sure, yeah. Do you really need that large hard drive or, quote, hard drive anymore? Because... I would say I would say a terabyte, but not two terabytes. I bought a two terabyte on my Intel, and I've I've always regretted it because like a lot of data to lose. But um, I'm okay with a one terabyte. Like I used to always have to because I was doing the podcast all the time. I always had large files on mm. my computer, and I was all into with the five twelve. I was constantly running out of space. So um, one terabyte, I think, is is a comfortable size. I would def a hundred percent like whatever the RAM like yeah, get as much RAM, the RAM as you can for afford. sure. I can tell you right now. Because I'm doing, I'm doing the, because I'm doing a lot of Vision OS stuff on my Mac, um, the stimulators and stuff like that, and maybe it's because it's beta, but it constantly uh, overruns the RAM and and you know space and stuff like that. So I'm constantly fighting. Like, a, like if I work for a long period of time, I find that the Mac gets really really dumb and starts complaining about disk space and mem running out of system memory and stuff like that. And I have 16 gigabytes, which I thought would have been fine, right? But the other thing too, Jaime, I just I don't I, I don't know if you're not planning on doing Vision OS, you're fine. But because the Vision OS, uh, as of Xcode fifteen point one, you can't do Vision OS uh, development. You can write the code, but you can't preview it or or run it on a simulator on a on a, on anything but Apple Silicon. So it won't run on Intel. I still don't understand how that would happen in a patch release or a point release. I forget which one it was. Um, fifteen point one, yeah, yeah. It feels like. It it was pretty hard to it was pretty hard to like I have my Intel Mac upstairs and I occasionally would run stuff on it it was getting really hard to run Vision OS on there and you think that was a late breaking like product management change or as I'm proposing yeah. here fifty fifty shot that it was a release manager oopsie yeah it could be forgot could to be, check the I box think... that says you know universal build <laughs> when they were outputting these yeah. things <laughs> maybe they didn't use Switch or maybe they just decided it was <laughs> such a dog to run that. You know, they didn't want that hassle. Yeah. They just turned I mean, it off. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. There, there were bugs. There were, I mean, like people I saw online, people were complaining about who run on Intel Max full time. They were complaining that they were having trouble um, with the simulator. I wasn't, you know, obviously. And so when they said that, I tried upstairs. But just the other day, like last week, I downloaded fifteen point one, and then I went to install it, and it will not. It won't even install the the Vision OS simulator. It just says, nope, need an need an Apple Silicon for this. So they may be drawing a line in the sand is what I'm saying, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, no man shall buy. Yeah. But I mean, if, if, you know, honestly, if you're serious about developing for this platform, you, you're going to need the, the the performance. I mean, if you're doing anything real, of course. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm not in a cash positive position right now, mm -hmm. but if I would probably get the 14 inch um, pro for, for sure, because I, I don't really like the 16 inch size, but like physical size, but. Yeah, for me, if I'm going to replace my my current I, and like I have the M1 here, that my I did the same thing Mark did. I just got one early early days to try it out, mm -hmm. kind of thing, right? So and it's still going. Yeah, yeah. So and, and it's you know it's it's I mean it's funny how you get used to the like after a while things start they appear to slow down, but they're not really. They're still much faster. I'm glad I have the Intel to compare it to, but um, like you know opening things like Photoshop and stuff like that used to be super fast and. As as the binaries get bigger and stronger and faster and whatever seems to make a difference, right? So, what do you think about so, Mark? What do you think about the difference between like you know the core size of the GPU and the neural engine size? Because the between the the four M3 M3 Pro and the M3 Max, the the cores jump quite a bit, right? Like the, the entry level one is ten core GPU, and then the all the way to thirty core GPU on the Max. Well, How do you? Okay, so if, if you're just you know, if you're just running normal, doing word processing or you know any of that kind of stuff, it's not it's not going to make any difference at all. It's it's all for graphics, and and so if you're yeah if you're doing like really heavy gaming, uh, then then all all that stuff you were talking about like that mesh shading and stuff like that that just means that they do, you know, the way all the all these Unity and stuff or anything based on metal. I mean, really, what it's doing is it's drawing a bunch of 
triangles, right? And then there's a, a shader is kind of a, a program that says for the triangle at this point, you know, what color should it be? Uh, and if you can do that all in hardware rather than doing it on the CPU and software, it can be way faster. Uh, and if you have more cores, you can you can say, okay, this part of the screen over here on the left and that part of the screen on the over there on the right and this part of the screen on the bottom, they're not really interacting with each other. So I could just take a chunk of the stuff that I need to render and throw it over to one core and then another stuff over a different core and then different area over another core and just do it all at the same time. And so the more cores that you have, the more things you can do in parallel, this little parallel processing thing. And so the faster it's going to be. But you know, if you're if you're you know doing Xcode development and you're compiling, I, I still don't think Xcode is really optimized for multi cores at this after all this time because <laughs> the builds still take a long time. Uh, <laughs> so I don't think you're going to see any. So unless you're doing graphically intensive or like trading machine learning models, you know, where where you can also distribute that in massively parallel. If you're not doing that kind of stuff, then it's not going to help you that much. Now, if you really are doing heavy-duty 3D stuff for the Vision Pro, then yeah, it, it actually could help you. Yeah. Well, so from a configuration point of view, for those who are still driving at home, an M3 can go from 16 gigabytes to 24 gigabytes, or one terabyte to two terabyte. Uh, the M3 Pro and M3 Max start around uh, 36 gigabytes um, and can go all the way up to 128 gigabytes on the Max. And then for disk start or, you know, disk, uh, SSD sizes, you have one terabyte, two terabyte, and four terabyte SSDs, and then there's an eight terabyte SSD you can get in the Mac, in the M3 Max. So, quite a range of configurations between the um, on the on the Pro and Mac side. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I would I would go for more memory before more cores, personally. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. Because the more memory you have, the more programs you can have open, and the more things you can. You can keep running at the same time. The more cores you have, uh, like I said, it's just graphics. It's it's purely just graphics, or you know something like like I said, training a machine learning model where you get need a little parallel processing. But you're not doing that every day. Most people. What do you think about the HDMI port? I mean, like I've like the Thunderbolt four ports. There's only two of them, and um, you lose one of the USB port, USB C ports because of the HDMI output. Yeah, if you have a uh, if you have a nice monitor, it's probably good. Otherwise, it's a kind of a waste. What to have yeah. the HDMI? No, cool, cool device. And like I said, I'm I'm not in a cash flow positive position right now. But if I because I'm I'm sort of in the same cool thought, I I need to get to the next chip, and I wanted to wait for the M3 as well. Mm -hmm. Um, so this yeah, this is the point in time. So I'd probably go with a Pro, but again, like I said, of probably a 14 inch. I thought you were a fan of the Airs. I guess it's not a, there's not a new air. I am, but yeah. I am, but I am, but I don't like the new air. I mean, the the they've taken the speakers away mm. from the top panel. I mean, and and uh, I, I definitely wouldn't get a 15 inch air. What do you need speakers for? You wear headphones oh, right. all the time. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> not all the time. Uh, no, I don't use them. All. I don't use headphones. I only use them mm. when I'm recording. Um, yeah, I don't know. I should. I guess I should go back and look at the airs. Actually, now you say that. But the MacBook Air hasn't. Well, I guess I'll wait for them to get bumped up to the M3. Right? Yeah, I actually think that's a good business decision to remove speakers from something like the Air because that really is meant to be a traveler's machine. And when you're sitting on a plane or or you know or in an office somewhere for a meeting, you don't want the thing making noise, right? <laughs> you wear headphones if you have to listen to something. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I don't. I don't think that they took the speakers away. They took them off the. Oh, oh, I don't know. Did they not? Oh, I I assumed it was. I was going by what you were saying. Yeah, no, I'm just checking right now. But um, yeah, because there are two configurations of airs. Is there's still you can still get the M1, which is what I have now, and you, and you can get an M2 chip. Uh, on there's a 15 inch and a 13 inch size here. Let's see anything but speakers. Three way mic. Oh, sorry. Yeah, sorry. It's got a three way mic array and a four speaker sound system. Hmm. So it's got the. With spatial audio. Ooh. All right. Then stop your complaining. Then. It, does, it does have them. But... <laughs> yeah. I guess if I spill my orange juice, they won't go into mm -hmm. the speakers. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's what that means. <laughs> they should make it like the Apple Watch where you can take it in the water. Then it like shakes out from the speakers to clear it things. It spits it out. Yeah. yeah. It spit, makes that little sport noise and spits out. So the, uh, the Mac event, the M3 event, was a very breezy uh, 30 minutes at 5 p.m. 
to 5.30 p.m. Pacific time on Monday, October 30th. I believe this was well chosen because, um, remember, Apple has the MLS uh, thing? pass. I forget what they call the season pass thing. You know, we see every game. And the Seattle Sounders FC were set to play FC Dallas in the first game of their three-game series in the playoffs. So. I'm going to assume that was not a coincidence to be like, all right, we got to make sure there's a really tight thing that can fit into this exact time slot. Kind of an unusual one, right? It's uh, I guess it makes sense that it would be uh, at night because they were going with, uh, you know, dark mode, scary kind of themed Halloween vaguely. Um, I'm guessing that made a, a really interesting set of choices for how do we make sure we wrap this up so that uh, it doesn't bleed into the uh, money-making MLS season pass stuff. I think also they couldn't have do it, couldn't have done a Tuesday one because of the whole Halloween thing, right? It would have been awkward to do it on uh, October 31st as a Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah. A week earlier, maybe a week later, maybe too late. You know, you start going into the holiday season and shopping and everything. Well, I guess they had to get it out. They had to get the orders out before Black Friday, too, I guess. I don't know. I'm not sure what the logic is. Why? why the? Why, I mean, again, like, like I said on top of the show, this could have been an email. Yeah. Right? <laughs> maybe maybe they did it or in the evening because it was like short. It would release. be a little less, less, uh, yeah. less of a hassle for, well, people were like coming. I guess nobody was coming out to Apple for this one. There was no live component. Right. Yeah. I don't know. And and it was also at the end of the day, like why five PM? Like I guess stop interrupting workday, maybe? No. Yeah. Like if you were working in like I think um Greg when he was working at, at he may still do a commute, right? No, he's in he's in LA now, right? Never mind. But he was living in San Francisco, he used to commute to Apple, right? Wouldn't you be on the bus back to San Francisco at five? The train. If you were heading yeah. back up? Well I guess they do so, buses no, too, don't they? Don't, yeah. It's um it it's not exactly um Sunset, because now sunset, at least in the Pacific Northwest, is coming out around uh, almost six o'clock. I'm going to guess in California, it's roughly the same, maybe a difference of 20 yeah, minutes. Roughly, yeah. um, and mm-hmm. if you're going to have an event that is around uh, darkness and scary, uh, you know, vaguely Halloween in the season theme, you know that the rest of the country, minus, of course, Alaska and Hawaii, are already in the darkness. Right. Certainly the East Coast is for sure. Um, And again, I think they didn't want to go into the 545 p.m. start time of the MLS match. I think it was a a little bit of schedule Tetris here. All right, let's move on to our picks. Um, I got a couple here. Uh, I was working on um, a new app or something. I forget what I was doing. Oh, no, I was iterating a map. Uh, Oh, I know. I'm sorry. Working working on a new app. I forgot. And... um, so I wanted to do the whole icon thing and uh, you still can't, I don't know why you can't support uh, vector icons, like why you couldn't just make a 1024 vector and just pop it in and just use it universally, but you still have to make all those ridiculous um, icon sizes. And uh, so this uh, online site called appicon.co, you basically drag your 1024 icon in there and it automatically creates sizes for all of the things and gives you back an asset catalog that you then just drag into your Xcode and presto change or you're done. So that's super nice. You can you can use um, PDFs, can you? Or is that... Uh, for the app icon? Oh, that's no, only for in, in an asset... Ca- well, app icons are in an asset catalog too, but I, oh, maybe, yeah, maybe for the icons, they have to be, still have to be the custom sizes. Yeah, I don't know. Hmm. And there's a gazillion of them now because there's like iMessages and there's little emoji oh. guys. And yeah, it's like there's like 27,000 of them or whatever. It's ridiculous. But anyway, you just do this. Just drop your icon over there. I mean, from a designer point of view, there is an argument about whether, you know, the 24.1 should be specifically designed. But I, from my point of view, they look fine to me. Uh-huh. So I would approve them. As an art director, I would approve um, my second pick is something I've talked about on Spotcast. I uh, stumbled across this at a, at a talk, I think NS Spain. Jordy Bruin was uh, demonstrating some of his techniques for building apps. He iterates really quickly, come two days on an idea, uh, or two hours on an idea, two days on, a, on the prototyping, and then two weeks to get it out the door kind of thing. And that's sort of his model for building apps. And But he, he worked collaboratively with another guy to come up with, because I do the podcast, one of the things I want to do, um, people ask me for, is to create a transcript of the of the show. So 
with his app called Mac Whisper, I can drag in the MP3 and it goes through and pre it uses machine learning and uh, like a like a sort of chat GPT kind of thing and and create a uh, a transcript for me. And then I just have to edit a few words that it might get wrong. And then yeah, like in maybe twenty minutes or whatever, it's done in the background. I kind of just pop it in there, go do other other stuff, and come back. And it's finished. And it's it's basically I think I paid thirty dollars to him for this thing on on um, uh, Gumroad. Yeah, so check out Mac Whisper if you're inter- inter- interested in some of the cool things you can do with uh, with uh, text speech or speech to text. Um, yeah, and then over to Jaime. Yeah, um, speaking of new apps, remember remember Threads being new. Um, it's new enough that people are uh, talking about this from from Meta or Instagram, if you prefer, about how they built the app for iOS. So oh, if you cool. want to go through this, they chose. Uh, some interesting choices. Um, you know, they, they didn't start completely from scratch because Instagram, you know, you, you kind of squint at it. It more or less does what you would want to do or so you would think. So they say, well, what if we uh, harness a lot of that stuff? And they went a very interesting route. So rather than starting clean sheet and then pulling in pieces that they need, they kind of went the opposite direction where their initial first build was, let's just replace the application delegate. I was like, what? <laughs> so I was like, wow. Uh, okay, interesting. So it's initially, you know, before shipping, just to be clear here, they start yeah. with like, well, let's just put a new app delegate and just hydrate stuff and see what it does. And it's like, okay, what if you had Instagram, but it like really didn't have pictures? Okay, well, kind of looking close, kind of looks like a, uh, you know, a Twitter-ish kind of clone. And then they go a little deeper and say, okay, well, Part of the problem is the main Instagram app continues to to move and engineers there might break stuff right. unintentionally because they're not aware of how this other uh, side team is using things. So they had to deal with that and try to wrap things around so they like abstract it a bit. And then they say, okay, well, it's looking mostly pretty close. And they say, well, unfortunately... Um, you know, Instagram's sort of main claim to fame is the photos, right? And so mm-hmm. when you look at a sort of layout of how things are, everything is sort of like a, uh, almost like it could all be done in table view, to be honest, right? Because it's just a bunch of different little rows of like, this is the row that has your profile picture. This is the row that has the actual photo. This is the row that has the interaction things. And then some rows and of like, what day did this occur? What's the comments, etc. But when you remove a bunch of those things to make it a little bit more like a like a Twitter clone, it's like, well, I kind of kind of not making all that great use of space, right? It feels a little too uh, too too filled with white space. So it's okay. Well, what if we redesign this so that we squeeze these things a little bit tighter and get a little bit tighter data density? And I know this is an audio only medium, but I was aghast to see one of their choices where it was like, okay, so what we had to do is deal with the fact that these are going to be overlapping icons <laughs> and we avatars and we end up using some, um, some offsets magic to say, okay, in Instagram, this would have been by default, the, uh, the profile picture. So only show it for the first one, but don't show it for the, every other cell. Um, and it, it gets a little, it gets a little hacky, which is weird. You know what? I can't actually find them. They must have, somebody must have called them out on it. It's literally not the same article that I saw before. What's that? I'm looking for the image where they show the cells lining up and they line up, you know, like bananas sort of way. Oh, I think I see that. Oh yeah. Do you? Yeah. Where there's like three profile pictures in yeah. a row? Yeah. It's right under, there's a, what looks like a picture of a painting of a woman sitting on a chair. It's right, mm-hmm. right below. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. There we go. Yeah, there we go. Where you see, like, the profile picture of the guy that's, like, Tomer mm-hmm. Bar, yep. and then a profile picture on the row that should be where the, you know, the favoriting, the the reposting, and then another one for, like, the replying stuff, and it gets really, yeah. um, you know, it, it is it, I weird. guess kudos yeah. to them to, to reuse what they had so they didn't have to start from scratch and so they could uh, get an MVP out there. But it was, I thought it was kind of a fascinating read to see. Yeah, uh, you would you would think, you know, if they had the thing architected right, it would be very easy to just use the same baseline 
data structure with a different view. So all you need is a new view, new set of views, and that all goes away. All these problems go away, you would think. But anyway, I don't know. Cool. Still built on IG list kit. That's cool. Speaking of follow-up. Well, I guess that's it. So until next time, Mark, if people can get in touch with you, where would they find you? I guess markr.smopsoft.com. I don't use that email address that often these days, but it's still alive. No, yeah. obviously no. Yeah. And how many people get in touch with you? Where do they find you? I'm on Twitter as at Deb of the Hair. There is no more Twitter, is there? <laughs> this is one of those challenging things. When when somebody has a, a terrible rebranding, the old brand that people know tends to be the one that's used. And I don't want to do the uh, the news reporter like X, comma, formerly known as Twitter, comma, yeah. <laughs> yeah. because it sounds terrible. It looks terrible in, in text. It's even worse in audio. But yeah, um, for folks who are wondering, I... I will definitely be one of the folks who is like Captain Jack Sparrow uh, waltzing off of the top of the mast as the ship goes underneath the water and I'm just walk onto the dock. Yeah. Yeah. No, we, we talked about this on the podcast last week. I think it's almost, almost like I'm, you know, I'm dead with hair on Twitter. It's, it's almost like his sign off. So we can't change it. It's been trademarked. Nobody has, uh, has, has taken the, the the lead which is interesting as as much as twitter has fallen from grace uh threads mm-hmm. that we talked about today we didn't mention mastodon we didn't mention blue sky and we will in a minute i mean yeah. a handful of others um nobody has really taken the the crown it's really been more of a uh unbundling of people where uh as funny as it will be and i'm, I'm sure mark will love this one uh as a as a huge connoisseur of, of social media um LinkedIn is my new Twitter. I'm increasing for like a professional one. Uh, the 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 more uh, casual side is is still kind of limping along over on Twitter. Right. My name is Timitra T I M M I T R A on the Twitter machine, on Instagram, on Threads, on Blue Sky, and on Mastodon. So that's where you'll find me. So until next time, see you in the future. Bye. 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 This has been another episode of the More Than Just Code podcast. If you want to find out more about the show, you can visit the More Than Just Code website at mtjc.fm. There you can find a summary and show notes of each episode. We list links to the apps, code, and news that we mentioned on the show. If you like the podcast, tell your friends. Please leave a comment on the website, and if you can, please write a review on iTunes. And please recommend us in your favorite podcatcher. All of these things help others find out about the show. We really appreciate your help with spreading the word. We're also on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. We'd love to hear from you. So use the hashtag AskMTJC. Once again, the podcast Twitter account is at MTJC underscore podcast. Please consider supporting the show by pledging any amount on Patreon.com slash MTJC. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next time. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Botox Cosmetic, out botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.